You're listening to Trot the Egging, hosted by John Hetherington, working with Witness Rugby Union Football Club, sponsored by Boydells. This week's rugby story is that of a Sydney-born playmaker who grew up playing school footy and aspiring to become an NRL starter at standoff, despite having the ability to be a great utility. Whilst down under, he played for Penrith Panthers, West Tigers and Cranberry Raiders, then making a huge move to the UK as a young man with a young family and signed for Warrington Wolves and now plays at Leeds Rhinos. A great lad and an absolute baller, ladies and gents, Mr Blake Austin. Follow, like, share, subscribe and endorse us via Facebook, Trot the Eggin, Twitter, at Trot the Eggin slash at John Heath, Instagram, Trot underscore D underscore Egg underscore in youtube trot the eggin linkedin john hetherington and spotify trot the eggin so how are you and the family boy you're all settling in mate yeah yeah all good obviously been here for a while now so pretty used to the uk yeah um, sorry about the weather mate <laughs> that's the main <laughs> i think if you struggle with the cold it's probably not the country for you so uh, yeah. we're okay we don't mind it obviously the winter's the the sun's not out for very long, but as I say, you get used to it. Yeah, it's a, like you said, it's a good job, mate. Otherwise, it's tough going, isn't it? Yeah. So before before we get stuck into your rugby story, mate, where was home for you as a kid and who lived that one with you? Uh, from Mount Druitt, yeah. So um, uh, obviously an area that's become a bit a bit more popular these days. We've had a few success stories coming out of there lately. And, um, you know, when I was coming through, it wasn't, you weren't too proud to say you were from there. It was something you sort of kept on the on the down low. But I think, uh, you know, a group of athletes and artists are coming out now and, uh, you know, making it a, a really cool place to come from. So you've set the tone, mate, and they've jumped on the back of it. Oh, there's been a lot. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of rugby players come out of out of Western Sydney. It's 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 the heartland of rugby league. It's um, You live and breathe it there, I think. When you're from there, you think sport's the only way out. And, um yeah. In particular, rugby league, where I, I suppose a few, a, a few people from there now are, are sort of showing the kids there that there's there, there's other avenues you can take as well. But uh, rugby league's huge, yeah. Right, mate. So how was you introduced to the game, and where was your junior club? Uh, mum and dad loved the sport. Dad played, obviously not at any just at an amateur level, but loved the game. Um, probably didn't have the parental guidance he probably needed to. To go any further, but but love the sport. Mum, mum come from her parents love the sport as well. They're big Parramatta Eels fans, and my grandmother's actually she was the tragic. She um she she loved loved Parramatta and supported the game, and um so yeah, it was just a natural thing really. All my uncles and and that played, and then mum and dad took me down. Dad was always my coach, and yeah, um, just yeah, just loved it. How was it having your dad as a coach, mate? Was it uh go with? Uh, it was, no, I, I, I love him for everything he done. I, I'm, yeah. I look back now and I'm probably a bit embarrassed the way I, I probably treated him. I used to, I used to hate it. We used to clash a bit. Right. We used to drive home from training and, and mum would get in the car and go, right, what's going on tonight? And, <laughs> uh, as I said, I look back now and I'm, I'm pretty embarrassed the way I used to carry on, but, um, that's the way it is. Yeah. You live and learn, mate. Hindsight in it. Hindsight. Yeah. We think we know. Oh, I've got a son too, so. Uh, <laughs> But I, I wouldn't like to coach him, especially, you know, playing professionally as well. It's an extra, little bit of an extra uh, pressure on him, but uh, yeah. I wouldn't like to be his coach. Man. No, that's fair enough, mate. So 
one other sports growing up were you into, or was it just always going to be rugby for you, boy? Uh, I was, you know, I was pretty, pretty gifted athletically as a kid. I was, you know, I was a state sprinter and, um, you know, my, my, my general gross motor and, and that kind of stuff was pretty good. So little athletics in Australia, every, every child sort of starts in little athletics. You sort of start that from four and that's, you go, you go weekly to, um, to, to, and you do like four or five events a night. And then on the following Friday, you do the other four or five events that you didn't do the week before. And that's, as I said, that's sort of a rite of passage for Australian kids. It's, it's where everyone starts and it's, it's where you get all your, your, your general athleticism from. So I love that. I spent the first probably 10, 12 years of my life wanting to be an Olympian. I, I, I lived and breathed athletics and, and rugby, obviously. Yeah. They sort of come hand in hand. I, you know, I, the speed I'd get from athletics would, would help me on the footy field and, and vice versa. So, but I, I genuinely loved it. Long jump was probably my best event. Right. I could throw a discus as well for a skinny little white kid. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I played a bit of baseball as well. Right. Um, cricket's huge in Australia. Baseball, not so much, but I, I got introduced to baseball and I really loved that. Um, got started getting picked in a couple of like rep sides, but baseball for me was always only something to, to fill my, my, my summers while I was waiting to play rugby and, and do athletics again. But yeah, I was decent yeah. at decent that. We played touch footy. Touch football is pretty big in Australia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I owe a lot to my parents. They, they got me around to a lot of different sports, whether it was you know, athletics or sprint training through the week or baseball or touch or, yeah, so we're, we're, we're pretty uh, pretty uh, busy, yeah. Yeah, never still, mate. So without knowing it, wait, do you reckon you'd have took a little bit to traits from every one of them sports to combine into being the, the player you've become and you were growing into? Yeah, it was it was a funny one. As I said, I was I was pretty gifted, sort of, and I was pretty quick. I, I, I sort of joke with my parents and say my career peaked when I was 11 years old. I was pretty... I was pretty well known where I was from and, you know, I was a handy rugby player and, and everyone knew sort of how quick I was. And I sort of lost my speed over a couple of years there. There's a couple of reasons for that, but I've, I went from being sort of the fastest kid to like a big gangly thing that couldn't run without a limp. I think a long story short, I chipped a little bone in my knee. Right. And when you're young, you only go see general local doctors. And I went and seen one and she told me I'd be fine. And I, I limped for two years of my life and I just couldn't shake it. Everyone used to say, why are you limping? What's going on? But I just couldn't get rid of this limp. And then you know, two and a half years down the track, I found out that I still had a, a bone uh, fragment in my knee that hadn't healed. So that explained that. And once I, once I managed to get through that, I started slowly getting a bit of, a bit of speed back. I got a bit taller than what some probably thought I would. And um, yeah, here I am, I guess. Yeah, because when I went to Sydney for the, well, not for the grand final, but I watched the 2015 grand final. And we stayed in, a, I don't know if I pronounce it right, but was it Woolloomaloo? Woolloomaloo, yeah. Yeah. So I stayed from there, went to, like, into the city. And as you go going around that main road to the right, that field, touch was everywhere. Like, That's you're probably, yeah, you're think, probably seeing it here now. It's, it's soccer, you guys, my God, but football's really yeah, that day, yeah. isn't it? I think he... You look at the the women's game, and I think that's the that's the biggest reason why Australia and New Zealand are so far ahead. It's because them girls they grow up playing touch football their whole life, so they've they've yeah. got all the all the skills required. I think you know over here it's girls can play rugby, but it's not really much else. So uh, I think that's the the difference in athleticism and in skill. These girls have have grown up with a ball in their hands their whole lives. 
going to say, I come out the wormhole in a bar, basically, didn't yeah, they? And, yeah. and yeah. as you said, football's the same here. Like, yeah, that's that's what Western's like. I try and explain the when you go to a, a kids' rugby match in Western Sydney, it's like watching kids' football matches here. Like, there's there's desperations in in the parents' voices on the sideline for the, the kids to, to to go on and make it, I suppose. Um, yeah. Football's a pipe dream here because you can earn some really good money. But in Australia, that's our version, you know what I mean? To be yeah. an NRL player, that's how you can go on and, and make some really good money and, and enjoy yourself playing sports. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty – it's a it's a religion out there for sure. Yeah. So how was it growing up with people knowing who you was, Blake, and sort of having – would you have said they had an expectation on you? As a young lad, anyway, because you were well known. Uh, uh, no, not really. I was. I just. I loved rugby, and and you know, I, I happened to be quite good at it. I wore a blue headgear, which made me stand out a little bit. And every time yeah. we'd go to, they'd say the kid with the blue headgear is here. But, uh, <laughs> Get it uh, I just. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Uh, I mean, as I said, that was really young. That was about under 11s, under 12s. But right. in Australia, there are there, there are a few little rep teams you can make at that age that sort of put you on that path and. Um, I was lucky enough to make a couple of those. And then I sort of, you know, I sort of hovered in my career, not career, because you're only 12, 13, yeah. but it, it it didn't keep sort of going on the same trajectory for, for, for a few reasons. Right, mate. So what were you like in a new environment? And so when you said you got selection for them, them smaller rep teams at a younger age, what was the selection process for them, mate? Um, one thing I try to explain to English people is, is that there's a lot, there's a lot more things you can achieve in in school rugby league. Like, yeah. w- I got picked at a New South Wales under 11s team. That's from school. So you, you you go on, you play in three or four different rep teams before you can get the chance to play for New South Wales. But like my son, he's 11 now, and that's some like I feel sad that he's not back home experience because he's at the age where he he would have been experiencing it. It would have been really yeah. cool to see him on on that journey now as well. But I think that's an, that's another one of the reasons you know the the gap, although it's closing, the gap between Australia and England is 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 how big the programs are in schools. Like I tell the boys that in Australia, you pick your high school based on the rugby league program, and you don't yeah. go to the school unless one it's a sports school or two they've got a they've got a really good rugby league program. So um yeah you can you can do a lot in school so i think that's yeah. that's huge and it, it it makes you enjoy school a bit more because you you know you've got a rugby match at the end of the week and things like that and um then further down the track under 18s like you we we send an australian schoolboys team over to to versus the england academies team so yeah ours is pick you've got to be in school to make that team so it incentivizes you to stay in school the whole way through until you're 18 because you you, you want to pull on a, an Australian jersey, an Australian schoolboys jersey. Yeah, like a nice incentive for you. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. So is there no um no like under 11 rep team for your lad to to try out for? No, no like we oh, really no. like I'm he, he's no. playing in, in games where the different rules every week and sometimes they let right. you know, and we'll give the ball back to you and sometimes if you run out we'll let you come back in. Like I, it's all yeah. fun but it, it is a bit hard for you him as well because he's he sort of understands what's going on and he's like just play some some normal rugby but yeah, I, he, he's gone into the 12s he's gone into the 12s this year and I think it, it gets a little bit more serious yeah right mate so going back to you how was club rugby compared to school rugby then if if school tended to be the better pathway for success 
Well, it, you were you were versing all the same guys essentially because the kids okay. that were, the kids that were at all the local schools that you're versing on a Friday, they're also in teams on a on a Saturday. So you get a pretty good understanding of you know the better kids and um, yeah. for a comp the, the Penrith district like it's it's crazy like it's it's unbelievable. Some of the clubs have two teams, but both teams will be in the first like in the in the highest division and they'll be yeah, versed. Just got as each other. Yeah, they've got 30 kids that are better than a lot of kids at other clubs. Um, but it, yeah, it is it is a religion. It is full on. And um, it is why a lot of kids out of Western Sydney do do go on to make it. Yeah. A lot, so of, have, uh, a lot of Pacific Islander boys too. So yeah. we've grown up used to, you know, our smaller white kids dealing with, with some pretty big boys and, and dealing with them on a, on a weekly basis. Yeah, sorry. I was just going to touch on that. So I, I had um, Rangi's been on, Rangi Chase. He said like the island kids or the Polynesian and that said they get picked up through school, they're put in housing. So I say an Aussie kid was from out of Sydney, would they be put in housing as well if he was selected or yeah, for sure. So yeah. they're country, like country kids. Um yeah. they're always tough, big, tough white kids from out in the country that, that get brought down and, and aligned with NRL clubs as well. So um, there, there's opportunities for everyone in Australia. You, it's pretty hard to get missed if you're a decent rugby player, you're gonna you're going to get picked up somewhere. Yeah, I guess that's nice to know, though, mate, isn't it, when you're growing up there? Yeah, definitely. And, and, and once again, the school system as well. Like, if you missed on the weekend, there's there's, there's always a chance in school and, and there's always a rep team you can you can put your name forward for and and put your name sort of under lights, yeah. Yeah. And how was you in a new environment, mate? Was you someone that was quite open to it and it fit in nicely? Or... Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm, you know, I pride myself on... Um, you know, getting along with, with with everyone, I guess, and being being involved in team sports my whole life, I think it's yeah, it's it's something that I've I've learned to to be pretty good at, and and it's something that all, all kids should should really deal with growing up because it's being a part of a team and, and getting along with different personalities is uh, you know a, a very important life skill. Yeah, that's it, mate. The attributes on and off the field that are needed, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when did clubs begin to? take a note of you and be interested in signing your boy and how does that process work because I was in the Penrith comp basically yeah. I knew that more than likely my chance was going to come with the Penrith Panthers Okay. and what happens is they start picking development squads at under 12s now the under 12s development squad it won't consist of much you'll get invited to two or three training sessions and if you're lucky they might organise one or two just sort of friendly style matches against some other clubs' um, uh, development squads. but So that'll go from like under 12s to under 15s, where it's not too serious. But basically, I think the system's set up so that the Penrith Panthers can tell the other clubs, listen, we've, we've identified this kid. He's in our development squad. And basically, keep your hands off him and you've got to pay us a fee and if, 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 you, wanted to, yeah. um, if you wanted to take him over. So... 12 to 15, it's, as I said, it's you, you're just getting put in the system. You're doing very minimal training and you're getting a game here or there. They might give you a Panthers training shirt so you think you're pretty cool. Yeah, right? I was going to say, you're mad. And then under 16 is when it gets a bit more serious. Under 16, we, we call that Harold Matthews. That's a pretty... Harold Matthews and SG Ball, so that's 16s and 18s. They're the two sort of prestigious competitions that you, you want to be involved in. Yeah. Um, so I, I was in all the development squads up until Harold Matts and then then got selected in the Harold Matthews squad. Uh, then went back to under 17s development after that and then then SG Ball. So 
Um, although I was picked in all the development squads right the way through, I wasn't really like, I wasn't the star all the way through, if that made sense. Uh, yeah. d- during that time, there was there was kids from the country getting brought in in my position, getting brought in and getting paid. And, you know, I was a local kid, so I was watching them coming in and you yeah. think you're sort of on the outer and stuff like that. But uh, You reckon they rely on the fact that you're a local kid, boy? I think the, the local kids don't get treated as well. When I say yeah. get treated as well, I think they know that they've got them and if they want them, they're there, so they, they can just stockpile them and, and do what they want with them when they're when they're ready to use them, I suppose. Whereas the kids that are getting brought in from from out of area, they're they're obviously gonna get um prioritized and um some of them are even earning money at, at them young ages. Right, mate. So has standoff always been your forte? It it always has been, yeah. But um as you mentioned, like I, I made the Harold Matthews squad and what, what they used to do at Panthers for, for the under-16s was they they pick four. If you were a hooker in, in the local comp, you were you were not as great a chance to play hooker for the Harold Matthews squad because what they used to do, they used to pick four halves and turn two of them into hookers. Okay. And I was one of the ones that got turned into a hooker. So obviously I wasn't too happy about that, but it is what it is. Yeah. I was a, I was probably six foot by that stage and I was 70 kilos. So I was just a, I was a string bean bloody rake. <laughs> um, but so I was a hooker then and then I filled out a little bit. So then under 18s, I, you know, I was a 13. Yeah. And I played a bit of center in between. Like no one, no one could really commit to what my position was going to be. Everyone I asked, they said they weren't quite sure. I was a, I was a kid of decent height and no one sort of knew how big I was going to fill out. So um, probably until I went to the West Tigers, like I, West Tigers was the first time I'd actually told myself I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a six, and 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 I'm not gonna listen to anyone else. Like it's it's yeah. my decision because up until then I, I'd, I'd probably let it get in my head a bit. I'm, uh, I'm quite versatile. And I I really enjoy playing it, playing like a versatile role. But um, there comes a point where you've got to try and settle. And for me, you've got to be selfish, haven't you, mate? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But- the thing I struggle with, like I had to be heavy enough one week to play in the back row if 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 needed, and then I had to be nimble and sharp enough to play six. To, like I just I just struggled, and um, it wasn't until I, as I said, I, I made the decision myself to say I'm going to get my my body in a position where I'm I'm going to be a six, and then whatever happens after that, that's that's up to the up to them, I guess. Yeah. So has your style always been pretty much the same, mate? Because you, you mentioned the position there, I was thinking about I. I personally like because you go at the line. I I think you would do well here. Don't get me wrong, you you've, you're smashing it in the halves. But if the if the chance call, I think you'd be an ideal thirteen because There's of more the, money in the house. <laughs> you know, no, you're right though. But do you know like no, but yeah, sounds, definitely, yeah, definitely. It sounds daft, like, but the way you return the ball, like you bat three do. If that makes sense, you return the ball with interest. Like you put your hand up for them tough carries. Not many sixes will do that, will they? Yeah, no. It's I I, I could play it with a pinch, and I, I I have no doubt about that. I've you know I joke with the boys at Leeds and say that you know my, the last few years of my my career I'll I'll, I'll be a thirteen when when my legs slow up a bit on me and I'm <laughs> with that tough guy in the middle. I, I'm willing to yeah. do that. And, you know I, I do base my game on, on that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Like I'm not getting any younger, so I mean uh, time will tell, but. While I'm while I'm playing six and the and the coach is, is happy enough with that, I, I suppose it's uh, it's more enjoyable for me, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't doubt that, mate. I just <laughs> like I said, I just think you've got them attributes where probably your versatility shows that. 
because you've done a little bit, which we'll touch on for Great Britain, didn't you, when you, you're yeah. talking with us and stuff, and mm-hmm. if you're happy to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, sorry, mate. I was just thought, like, that's how I'd want my 13 to play, like, you play. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't have to be a big brawler and smasher, but also you don't just want your 13 to be, a, like, a middle pivot. He needs to do it all, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So when the decision come to leave Penrith, mate, what was was it a mutual thing or did you very much back yourself to play six and it was I was pretty young and naive and probably didn't work as hard as I probably thought I needed to. Um I had a couple of injuries that didn't help, but basically the way I structured my contract was um, I was going to have a big year and I was going to stay the following year and if I was going to stay the, the club would have to pay me a certain amount of money and the way the year panned out I had an injury and didn't play my best when I got my chances so they were never going to pay me the money that they had to if I was going to stay so it sort of it come to the point where it was looking pretty obvious that I was going to have to leave and um, what well, I must have been it must have been about 21 or 22 uh, yeah 21 or 22 at the time and I just thought, you know what, like clubs will come lining up and I'll I'll make a move and how exciting I get to go to another team. And when it comes time to find a new contract, I, I was fucking struggling, man. I, I didn't yeah. have any offers and, um, you know, at 21 years old and you're not receiving many offers, you, you're thinking it's scary. Yeah. Could, be, could be over as quick as it started. And um, thankfully, I had a good back end of the year with the New South Wales Cup team. We lost the grand final that year. Uh, but I had a good good finish to the year and, and, and sort of come on Mick Potter's radar at the Tigers and, um, yeah, went over there for a hell of a lot less money, but uh, probably spent six to eight months training harder than I ever have before in my life. I went there, you know, in the shape of my career and impressed in pre-season and um, Bray Finasta was, was due to play six, eight year and, you know, I, I knew he was getting towards the back end of his career, probably similar to what we just discussed about playing 5'8", I'm playing 13. And, um, you know, I knew that I could force my way in there. And as it panned out, I, you know, I I had a pretty good season with them and managed to play, I think, 19 or 20 games in the year, which was a lot more than what some at the club thought I would. And, yeah, yeah, probably turned out to be a real defining year for me, really, for sure. So just a couple of things, though, mate. So you've probably learned an early lesson that some blokes that play NRL don't learn at all, isn't it? Like the, the graph, the work rate, and like because a lot of players test the open market as they call it now, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And, sec- and secondly, mate, was although you'd agreed that contract with Penrith, was you not able to uh, alter it? It wasn't oh. discussed really. It wasn't discussed. Right. It was more that this is what you asked for, and you haven't really delivered what what you sort of said you could, and and, and okay. that was it sort of thing. So. Yeah. Um, but that's sport. That's uh, that was a lesson in itself. That you know, you've, you, it's all good and well to to do what you want to do with your contract. But if you're not going to back it up and and really deliver, then you'll 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 have an egg on your face pretty quick, I suppose. So, um, but I don't think I don't think my career goes where it does if if I don't have that moment. I think, yeah. as I said, I I, I train my, my backside off. I've I've never trained harder in my life, and uh, hence you know I had a, a good few years after that. So you mentioned there's a little bit of a a quiet response to being probably not a new free agent, would we call it? And what goes through your mind when clubs do show an interest? Are you just 
more than money and where it is you just after that opportunity break and I was at that point where it didn't matter it didn't matter what yeah. I was doing it didn't matter who it was going to be I, I knew that if I if I got myself in the shape I needed to that you know I was going to impress and um you know that's what I, I managed to do yeah so when you walk into that new dressing room and you mentioned in brave and mixed culture at the time and what what's going through you what goes through your head when you walk into a dressing room with seasoned professionals aren't they and they've been there and done it sort of thing yeah it's hard i think i've always done you know if you look back over my career i think i've always done my best stuff when i'm when i've sort of been backed into a corner i think um i think rugby environments are easy i, I everyone's there to do the same thing yeah. whether you're the whether you're the, the top line player or the bottom line player everyone knows the formula of how to be successful it's just a matter of who's doing it and who's not and you you, you can't be begrudged if you're there working your your backside off every day and and if anyone is begrudging you it's it's because they're threatened i, I guess uh, uh but that was a great environment there was no like brave Braith had already done a lot in his career by that point. So there was no hard feelings from him that a, a young kid was coming to the club to try and work hard and, and play 5-8. But, um, yeah, it was a good environment. It's, it was a club that was sort of just, it, 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 it tasted its success. It was sort of the Robbie Farrow, the Benji Marshall era. And sort of, it was just on the back end of that. So it was a strange time to come in. Robbie Farrow went through a lot that year that I was there. I think he had a run-in with Gordon Tallis over the radio and, um, the media was coming for, for Robbie's head everywhere, but um, I was just there to, you know, train hard and, and, and take take any opportunity I was given and uh, I feel like I was able to do that. Do you know when the... Because what English fans won't get is as much as we say, oh, we know it's the big spot, the press are on them, they're literally on you. Like, yeah. you're on every channel, every yeah, minute of the day, yeah. aren't you? We've got a 24-7 rugby league channel, yeah. yeah. Do you, you know what too? But I, I didn't really understand it until I went to the Tigers. The Tigers is a um, it's a big Sydney-based club. You can't go anywhere in Australia without seeing a Tigers fan. There just seems to be Tigers fans everywhere, and and for whatever reason, that the media just love talking about the West Tigers. Obviously, they they haven't improved much since then, but yeah, they they're really heavily involved in the media cycle in, in Sydney, being one of the the big premier Sydney clubs. Yeah, and when the attention's on players or ex-players like Robbie Farrell and Benji and Brave, does that allow you to do your stuff under the radar, mate, and start expressing yourself and be recognised for the good you're doing rather than what the club's doing? Yeah, for sure. And as I said, it, nothing was going to bother me that year because I was I was a kid that had just been thrown out of his last club and, and really looking to... It, it's hard because you, you, you know what you're capable of, but no one else really knows it until they see it. So you, you, you're just trying your best to, to let everyone see what, what you know you've, you've sort of had your whole life, I guess. It's, a, it's yeah. a strange feeling, yeah. And did you play a little bit of reserve? Is it Balmain, was it? You played a little bit of... I played the first three or four games there and then, yeah. then, then I got my chance and I think I stayed in grade the rest of the year. So as I said, I, I, had, I had a clause in my contract that year that... I think if I played 17 games, my, my contract the following year um, jumped right up and I, I managed to I managed to play the required games um, after a good good season. And as it turned out, I, I didn't get to uh, benefit from that contract upgrade because I left after one year and, and went to Canberra. Yeah, so just before we talk about that move, play, did, did that year reaffirm to you as much as you know you're a good player? That you can you can cope at that level because it is 
as much as we're on about this, the gap between the countries, that level is just, it's a tough game every week, isn't it? You'll know to see it as the odd blowout here. Than the... It's hard. I think that, the, I mean, just quickly touching on the difference, like everyone, it's the main question you get is what is the difference? And the only real difference is, is the strength in depth. Yeah. And when I say strength in depth, I mean like strength in athletes in depth. Like you've got some clubs here that, you know, for the first 10 rounds, they'll compete with anyone else in the Super League. But as you get to around 18, 19, 20, and we know the fixtures come around thick and fast here, I think, you know, you've got players playing in Super League jerseys that, you know, probably probably aren't quite up to it, to be honest. But yeah. the injury tolls and the the, the the way the squads are, that's that's just the way and, and what clubs have to do. It's great for them guys to get a chance, don't get me wrong, but it's it's, it's the strength in depth and it's the strength like, You've got 30 guys in the NRL that are full time. Rugby's their job. So at a bare minimum, they're gonna be they're gonna be an athlete. So come sort of uh July, August, when you have to call upon them at least physically and you know they're in tip-top shape and they're ready to go. Ready. So yeah. that's the only difference. I think every every team could pick 13 players or 17 players for, for one week and, and go and compete with an NRL side. I, I have no doubt about that because rugby's rugby and once you're on the, the principles at all the same, yeah. 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 So, um, but when you when you start getting too deep in your squads over here, I think that's when the when the quality really drops off. Yeah. Um, did rugby union never sniff around, or would you have just back no? Anyway? Do you know what rugby union is not? It's it's not highly participated as as kids in Australia, and the kids that do play is, you know, they're rich rich private school kids and. They're yeah. just not as good. I think if if rugby could learn one thing in Australia, it'd be it'd be trying to get more of a foothold in these um, in these rugby league heartlands. And because the, the kids are going, no doubt about that. The, yeah. the kids, are, you get offered a private school scholarship from out west. You, your parents aren't turning that down. Not a 20, 30 a year school. Of course they're going to go, but that's it. They're just the, the, it's just a different game, and the skill level is yeah. so different. Yeah, isn't it, Mato? We're so far away from each other, but that that genre of sport tends to have the same class issues, don't they? Yeah. It's 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 very odd, and I think that's yeah. why New Zealand do well because they're the number one sport there. So yeah. yeah, but New Zealand also take on the rough and tumble kids, whereas most other countries, it's it's the posh kids that that play the sport, I guess. That yeah, that thrive in, in rugby union. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. So when when the Canberra move comes around, wait. Like, why Canberra and why the move? What what? How did that come about? Well, when you, as I said, I had a year left on my contract at Tigers. Yeah. When you say why Canberra, like unless unless someone really really wants you right or wrong, you're not leaving, are you? Because you've you've got a year left, so yeah, you're not really on many clubs' radars because you you know the list comes out, and if your name's not on it as off contract, unless a club really wants you to break your current contract to get you out, it's it's not going to happen, and. Um, as it turned out, we had when I was playing for Tigers, we we versed Canberra a couple of times. I had the game of my life, to be honest. In the, I think the third last round, we played them down there, and I I don't remember too many better games I've played. And I was playing six as well. And I just remember Ricky calling and saying, "We need a we need a number six, and um, you know we want to break your contract, and we want you here to be our number six. And um, that's the first time at NRL level anyone had called and said. We think you're an NRL six, and we want you to be our six. So um, straight away, that's that's music to your ears. And um, you know, although it's not the most ideal situation, looking to break your contract, it was 
if I could get it done, I felt it was it was going to be awesome for me in in that stage of my career. So uh, yeah, really excited. And you know, speaking to Ricky Stewart on the phone, it's pretty pretty uh, pretty enjoyable when he when he first come calling, and uh, it all happened pretty quick actually, and quite exciting. So what are them chats like? Because you're still a young fella at this point, and you're going in effectively asking for the release by aren't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it, I um. At first, the Tigers said, listen, that's a great opportunity for him. We won't stand in his way. Okay. Um, but as, as time went on, I, I went on. I've received members player of the year that year. Like, I, I did have a pretty decent year with the Tigers. The fans loved me, and I, I had a crack every game I played, and I, I did play quite well. And I won members player of the year. So as it, as it slowly dragged on, I think it got leaked to the media that, you know, I was looking to get the release. And that was at a time when the Tigers – um, historically, that time the Tigers were letting players go that the fans still still can't handle. Yeah. Uh, James Tedesco was a local junior. Mitchell Moses was there at that time as well. Um, Aaron Woods, they end up letting go. So they the club copped a lot of flack over over a few years that you know that we could have had, still had these players on our books. And while I wasn't quite on on those three level, you know, I was a another name to add to the list. And and once they found out they were going to let me go, so then they. They went back on their word and said, we're not going to let you go. You're going to stay. And anyway, long story short, they changed their mind three or four times. And in the end, they finally said, it's, 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 we'll, we'll let you go. Good luck yeah. and uh, go on your way. Doesn't sound ideal for you that over though. Um, you don't know whether you're coming or going at one You know point. what, too? I think, um, you know what? They, they, they changed coaches in between, didn't they? So right. I was a big potter. And so they changed their mind a few times. And then Jason Taylor was coming in. Um, as the new coach and he to be fair he didn't even ask to meet with me or chat with me or find out why I was leaving or anything he just I think he just come in and said yeah he can go he's he's not someone sort of part of my plan so I'm happy to sign it off and then so once he got the job I think I was I was okay to leave yeah it's a bit mad not not even testing the water with you I would have thought so yeah um but that's how it is. And, yeah. um, You've learned early that it's more than sport as a business. I think you really made. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll throw you as quick as, as you'll throw. Of course they will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the sad but, reality of it. Us fans, like, us fans don't understand that sometimes, do we? Well, you guys are the innocent party and all of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the club does what's best for them. We do what's best for us. And you guys have just got to sit back and, and sort of be at the mercy, I guess. So. Wait for it to happen, yeah, rather than all the ins and outs. For sure, yeah. Yeah. So I've just looked at what I put down. So the camera, the camera spell didn't go too bad, mate, did it? Yeah. Well, to be honest, it was a big move at the time. We, yeah. uh, we must have had two kids by then, I reckon. Right. I don't know if you know you know, the map of Australia, but Canberra's three hours away from where we're from. Yeah. We were 20, 23, two kids, you know, about to essentially move away from both our mum and dads. Yeah, it's uh, a big all move. Our, all our support network, you know, so it was a big move, but um, as you said, one that, um, you know, I sort of, I've made my career off a, a couple of really good years with the Raiders and um, I'm, I'm forever grateful for, for my time down there for sure. What are the biggest standout memories, mate? From the Raiders? Um, just one. The first one was getting the phone call and saying, "We want you to be our five eight. Like that, to, it honestly was huge. So um, did someone, it justify everything that for your boy? Well, as I said, someone someone saw what I knew I had. 
So that yeah. was that was the first thing. This was the first time I was going to a club. I wasn't really, although I told the media that I was coming there to earn my due, like I'd, I'd already been told that I was the six kind of thing. So yeah, um, that's the first time that happened. And then um, my first year there was just, it felt like my team. It was like, let's, let's put Blake in positions where Blake can do what Blake does. And um, the roller coaster I went on that year, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I, you know, I got picked in the city country team too. I scored a hat-trick in that game. Um, you, so the, do you get to keep the ball? I don't why that. Don't like you do. No, I, don't. Soccer, I, like soccer, no. nah, I like soccer. Um, oh, I, I went to anywhere. <laughs> it was my first taste of rep footy. Yeah. You know, I went there like it was a genuine trial for the state of origin. And, um, you know, probably, to be honest, probably deserved the crack that year. It wasn't meant to be, but... Um, Unfortunately, I come through an era where uh, Laurie Daly was the coach and he picked the same 17 guys every year for, for seven years and watched them lose every year. So I um, yeah. don't know if I could have made a difference, but it would have been great to, to get a crack on that arena. Yeah. You wonder how that... that obviously, I'm not an experienced coach at that level, but you know yourself if you're at a club level, if you're 17's going to keep producing them results, mate, regardless of the performance... You have to tinker somewhere, don't you? And it tends to be the halves to begin with, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And as it went, the, the year that they broke the drought was the year that he went with the two most inexperienced half that he picked in the whole time. You know what I mean? But yeah, um, that's that's sport. That yeah. 15 was still a massive year for me. Um, I got presented with a Dally M58 of the Year trophy at the end of it. And uh, for me, that was, that was the moment. Um, yeah. I probably won't have another moment like that in my career. I guess, you know, only a Man of Steel or, a, um, you know, a Dally M could probably top it. But, um, yeah, I posted the photo the other week. They put the Dally M team of the year up that year. Uh, actually, no, they showed all the 5.8s that have won it over the last 10 years. And there's you some did have seen it. There's yeah. a, a lad that puts, like, is it Clark, he's called? Yeah, yeah. Insta, yeah, I like his little roundup and that. He's quite good, but he does. He's, he's very good, yeah. But yeah. seeing some of the, the, the faces in there, like first in one of a few times, and yeah, Maloney's, you know, so um, yeah, my, my name will be written in, in some form of history. I I try and tell all my teammates that, you know, no one's going to give a fuck about us in, in, in 50 years. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be quite sure about that, mate. You you, you do leave your mark, don't you? And, yeah, but you put yourself honesty, through. In all honesty, there's one or one or two, if you're lucky, from every generation that'll get talked about in a hundred years. And I'm not naive enough to know that, you know, I'm not going to be one of them. But uh, hopefully there's someone out there saying that, you know, that bloke on his day was a was a pretty handy rugby player. So yeah. Yeah. More at six and thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you, that year when when you are winning them trophies, you're playing city country. Is the aim, because obviously later on we'll talk about it a little bit, but is Australia always the ultimate aim? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I always, I've, I've always had a, whether people believe this or not, I I always told myself that England was going was to be a shout for me as well. Um, I always knew it was, and my grandmother um, meant so much to me. I, I'm not going to lie, if I got picked for origin in Australia before England, yeah, of course, I'm. I, I, that's, what, that's the route I would have took. Anyone that knows rugby knows. Yeah, yeah. But, I, yeah. but I certainly had a desire to to represent England for for a lot longer than what people you know would believe. But yeah, uh, yeah, definitely I, I would have would have would have played Origin and Australia for sure. 
so just not I don't want to be too nosy, but how do you how do you declare your eligibility for countries? I this the other day actually. When you when you sign your first deal, there's a there's a form you fill out. So you put you you've got to fill out the, your nationalities back to your great your grandparents. So right. Yeah, someone did ask me that the other day. Might have been the missus. Right. Yeah. Because we were talking about my son. My son, right. he'll, he'll be eligible for four different nations. Like it's <laughs> That's yeah, not bad going on, is it? His mum's yeah. Samoan, but she's born in yeah. New Zealand. I'm Australian. Oh, right. And then by the time we leave here, he'll be probably an English citizen. So he'll have, yeah. he'll have a few choices. <laughs> yeah. No, hopefully that will, mate, isn't it? That's, that's all you can want the best for him, isn't it? Yeah, and other daft one really is, mate. What are you like? For keeping your stash or your memorabilia, do you keep a jersey or a program? Yeah, I've got a backlog of about, I reckon about thirty jerseys I want framed. I've only ever framed one so far, and that was my debut Panthers jersey. Right. Um, a bit of a funny story of that one actually. We um, there's a there's a store in the shopping mall in Australia. It's called Legend of League, and they sell all rugby league memorabilia. Right. Um, but you can actually take your jerseys in and they'll send it off to their framers and they'll frame it for you. Yeah. So I've taken my jersey and I've, I've, I've taken it up to the counter. I said, I want to get this framed. And you know, the playing jerseys have the different, slightly different jerseys. They have all the yeah. rubber stuff on the on the stomach. And yeah. So I've handed it over and she said, oh, this is a playing one. Where have you got this from? And I said, <laughs> oh, I made my debut a couple of weeks ago. I, I want to get it framed for my mum. And then um, they said, no worries. We'll send it off. This was on like a Wednesday. They said, we'll yeah. give you a call Friday and we'll let you know when it'll be ready. And Friday comes and we haven't heard anything. And I thought, we're gonna, we'll are gonna, we be going into that shopping centre in the next like week or so. So we'll just check when we go in next week. So the following Tuesday, we're walking through the store. And I walk past the store and I look in the store and the, the young girl working there, she's wearing my jersey around the store. <laughs> serving customer. But it should have been framed by now. <laughs> So I've, in my head, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to tell the missus because she'll blow up. So I've, yeah. I've ended up going, babe, I think that girl back there was wearing my jersey. So she stormed back to the store. <laughs> As she comes in the store, the girl, she sees her and runs out the back and locks herself in the storeroom because she was that scared. So then the, yeah. she's up at the counter saying, what's going on? They said, oh, sorry, the girl's in the back crying. Like, she's not coming out. Um, we're really sorry and embarrassed, but we'll make sure it gets sent off today to get framed. But yeah, it was fucking pretty funny. <laughs> no, it's funny. it is funny. It's not like you don't hear that, do you? You wouldn't come back out, the poor girl. Yeah, she was. She yeah. was <laughs> I won't lie, mate. I was waiting for you to say that they'd frame the replica and she capped it. Nah, fuck. Yeah, but I've got, I've got a, a pretty big backlog. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I mean, every I don't know if every player's the same, but you just. You picture your pool room when you're done and you'd love to have your, you know, as many jerseys as you can up on the wall. I, I said to one of the um, guys at our club, the thing I find strange is that we don't get team photos. Like, you know, when you're kids, you get a team photo every year. I thought you did, no. You don't actually get a team photo. Like, it's weird. Like, I think it'd be cool to have every team photo on your wall after, but you don't get one, no. It's, 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 it's pretty bizarre, actually. Yeah. But you do in Australia, though, yeah. No, not... Uh, no. Don't think so. You think they just frame it? You, you take a photo every year. Yeah. I don't know what the club does with it. Yeah, we don't We don't get oh, it. All right. Yeah, no, I just presumed you would have myself, mate. Just I got one from Panthers once. Yeah. I got a cool one, actually. They framed it and everyone signed it in there. But other than that, I haven't got one. It's been weird. You probably want you to go in the club shop and have to pay for it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah, you talk about them trophies and the people you built, like you meet along the way and the relationships you build. And it's it's a question I was going to ask you later, but as much as you move, every move in, in senses eyes by success, isn't it? You want to win trophies. And I'll talk more about you couldn't move to Leeds later on. But is Aiden a part of that? Because you had some good going at Canberra, didn't you? You just complimented each other really well. Yeah, we we grew up knowing of, knowing of each other, me and Aiden. And um, truth be told, we didn't hate each other, but we had a we we had a pretty healthy rivalry coming through the grades. He was always a five eight. I was always a five eight. And um, you know, he probably he probably done a little better better than me sort of in them, you know, sort of 16 to 20, them years sort of thing. He was making a few rep teams that I was missing out on, things like that. So yeah. uh, when he come to Canberra, I wasn't sure how we we're going to get on, but, uh, you know, I'd consider him one of my closest mates now. We've, um, you know, we had we had two really good years at Canberra, uh, but then we had sort of a year and a half of, of some times that, you know, got pretty tough. Uh, yeah. He was the same as me. He was down in Canberra away from all of his support network and, uh, as were we, so um, yeah, you know, we enjoyed the good times and, and lent on each other in the in the tougher times as well. So um, yeah. yeah, it was really when when the opportunity come up to link back up this year it was certainly um, fact, something I wanted to do. Yeah. So when you when you out on your own sort of thing in Canberra, which is ah, because you like you said you're that far away, is that where the team environment really thrives? Because you still yeah. have to rely on each other for them. Not only yeah. the good times, but things happening, family life, you shut the front door, no one knows what goes on, Blade duty. So yeah. that's when you have to rely on each other. And I think that showed on the field a few times for you, didn't it? Because it... I reckon I haven't experienced a better team culture than the Raiders. I think yeah. something that, like, I don't know if you know also, but Canberra's the butt of everyone's jokes in Australia. It's like, oh, as if you live in Canberra, like it's, okay, it's the end of the world. It's no one wants to live there. You mentioned you live in Canberra, and you're like, "Oh, what do you?" Because it's in the middle of, it's in the middle of, um, it's surrounded by land, so it's yeah. there's no beaches, there's no, and it's the coldest part of Australia. So as I said, no one, everyone gives you a hard time. So I think that galvanizes you a little bit because everyone's like, "Yeah, fuck everyone else, they can say what they want, but we enjoy living here." And uh, but not only that, like Canberra's not, it doesn't have a huge junior league, so most of the players are like me. They're in. Yeah. They come from Queensland or they've come from New Zealand or they come from the country. So we do all rely on each other quite um, quite heavily. And that was certainly the best the best team culture that, that I've had. And hence why it was, you know, four of the best years of, you know, not just mine, but our family's life as well. There was a lot of players with young kids. We're sort of, a lot of us on that, sort of in that same... Um, Cycle of life. Same level yeah. of life, yeah. So um, it was a really enjoyable time. Yeah. So... On the field, mate, was there ever a game where you just felt it was your night or was there times in games where you just thought you just couldn't get beat and everything was going right for you? Does any of them moments stand out, any particular games where you just felt unplayable well, at times? I'd miss, like, I, they they named the Origin squad and I missed, obviously, I wasn't selected in that, uh, but I was half keeping an eye on it, thinking I was half a chance. and uh, So missed out on that and then we played two days later and... I think I scored a hat-trick in like 13 minutes against the Knights. Um, but it was like a genuine hat-trick, three back-to-back yeah. tries. And it's a strange one when something like that happens because you, you're 14 minutes into the game and you think it fucking can only go downhill from here. <laughs> I think I'm ready to get off, but now yeah. we, we end up having a really good win. And um, that's, 
that's one of the nights that um, yeah springs to mind about just a night where everything comes together and it really works for you. Did he ever reach out work if you if you're in the plans or in and around like a train on squad? They do for some. They yeah, well, I was in the emerging blue squad at the start yeah. of the year. Um, they pick a thirty or thirty-five men squad, but yeah. Um, I think they just thought I was a bit too inexperienced and wasn't ready for that level. But I guess you don't know until you're thrown in there, do you? That's exactly what I was going to say. Unless someone's going to give you an opportunity, mate, yeah. you can't disprove or prove them right, can you? And yeah, that's right. It, so did he let you, did he ever give you a call and say you're not far away? But no, not, not really. Time? Not really, no. Nah. Right. I, I think we, I think, again, as fans, we, we glorify it as if it must all be done proper, if that makes sense, like... Well, it is for far away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Faces and arses for courses and stuff like yeah, that, yeah. mate. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fair enough. So, what was, did you put the feelers out in the UK to come over here or was it a surprise? Uh, I was, um, at, the, at the time, I was, I was ready to leave Canberra. I think, um, I think the way I am, I think I, you know, I thrive on new challenges. I think most of my moves have always started really well. Um, so I, I knew that um, I knew that it was time to leave, and I, I turned down a, a really good offer from the Raiders. They offered me a two-year extension to stay. Uh, you know, and people find this hard to believe, but I, I said, "Listen, I can't, I can't sign it. Like, I can't take your money because it's I'm not, I'm not happy here at the moment, and I want something new." And um, I said to the missus that I'm going to turn this down, and I'm not going to get offered anywhere near this at another club because I was worth more to the Raiders than I was to to another club. I think the market yeah. at the time, most teams are pretty settled for halves. And as I said, so I knew I was going to struggle. And I I reckon I got offered a deal with Parramatta that would have been, uh, I think my Raiders deal would have been up around 600 and the, you know, the the Parramatta deal would have been somewhere around 150. So uh, it's a pretty big gap in that. But I was happy to do that also. I was moving back yeah. home to closer to mum and dad, closer to the family. And I sort of saw that as, you know, Tigers 2.0. I was going to go back yeah. for a year and uh, reinvent myself and have a really good year and then we'd, we'd go again, but... And show people what you're about. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. I, I've always wanted to come to England to play. I, You know, to be honest, I didn't think it'd be at 27. I thought it'd be a little bit older, but yeah, uh, when the opportunity for, for Warrington come up, I, uh, I wasn't ready to come, but I sort of, I threw off a bit with my agent and I said, if I'm going to go, I want this, this and this and... Uh, he rang me about three hours later and he said, you've got everything. I sort of panicked and I, I rang the missus and I said, fuck, you know, they've given, they've given us what we want. I said, we should have pushed it a bit more, but yeah, um, yeah, make no mistake. Warrington, you know, paid me a nice hefty fee to come over and um, yeah, really glad that I did. I think I, I knew going to England, I had the, I had the potential to sort of further my career in with my links with England and Great Britain and yeah. not many people can, can say that most come over at the back end to, to see Europe and, um, you know, do, do the best they can, but in the yeah. twilight of their career. So uh, come over at that age and, and, and hopefully get, get some England caps and things like that. It was, it was something that excited me. I think it was, it, it was a shock when, when that type of rumor comes, comes to fruition, like you said, especially with your age and the way you've been playing. It, it was a big coup for the league, albeit I'm from Witness so Wellington's not our nicest neighbour. Like, but <laughs> but it, it, it's still great for the league. And you know when you're yeah, hearing yeah. that, you think they can't pull that off. And then next minute you're there holding a wire jersey and 
I think everyone likes to everyone likes to give it to Warrington, don't they? Because they spend yeah. a bit. But I think for what Simon and and that do for that club, they, they don't just do it for the the, the wire. It's you're strengthening the competition as well, and yeah. spending that money to bring players over. I think you know he he deserves a bit more credit for for what that does for the sport as well as for his own club. Although it hasn't you know, um, bear too much fruit or, or, or a Super League trophy. He's, you know, he's certainly invested in, in our sport and he, he deserves a big rap for that. And to be fair to him, mate, he doesn't really do bad business at all. He's just been a little bit unlucky with a few injuries and then it, it, it's just form, mate. You can't buy form, can you? It's just got to work they, um, and sometimes it doesn't. There's just a big curse that comes over that club, at, you know, in, in October. I think my yeah. three years there, we were... We were consistently in the top, you know, two, three all year, and then we'd get to the first final, and the the lowest ranked team knocked us out three times. It, it, it's just this big weight of of expectation and and almost like a curse that a cloud that comes over the the club, yeah. And then everyone loves to sit back and watch it, don't they? They love to see Warrington. It, it, to be fair, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like you said, maybe because he does try and bring a bit of attention to the sport in the country, just. On behalf of Warrington, we were to... we were consistent my whole time there. We, you know, the team won a Challenge Cup, you know, in in and a, and a Challenge Cup that we should never really won, to be honest. And um, but yeah, just just can't get it done in 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 the right end of the season. So just before I touch on that, mate, of all the just a, a question I wanted to ask you: when the city country camps come around, mate, sorry to go backwards a little bit. How does selection work, and how did he? How did he get you there and look after you? Is it solely on you to get there or do they logistically look after you as well? No, yeah, they look after us, yeah, pretty well. We, we get a weekly fee, we get paid and uh, it's, a, it's a really good experience. I think it's... Um, the verdict's been out recently of what sort of importance the game has, but um, for the young kids, you know, getting their first taste of representative footy, getting in that environment, I think it's huge and... Um, I think it is the closest thing to state of origin you can have. But I think in the past, it was a lot more of a genuine sort of trial to, to play origin. I think it's become a little bit less about that and um, a bit more about just taking a game to the country and letting people out there see a, a quality match. But, uh, you know, I think it's a great fixture in, in the calendar. Right, so we'll go forward again to the Warrington move, mate. And when you come over at a club again, did they look after you, find somewhere for you to settle? Yeah, it's been brilliant. We were yeah. we were pretty adamant. We wanted to find our own house because if you're traveling, you know, a thousand miles, you want to be you want to be enjoying where you live in. I think that's the most important thing and and something yeah. that I learned. Um, because as I said, the the sun goes down at three four p.m. You know, in the winter, so eighty yeah. percent you're at home. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. If you're not enjoying where you're living, it can be it can become a pretty uh, a pretty dark place. And uh, thankfully, you know, I was at a great club that that really looked after me. And um, yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough of my time there. I was uh, I wasn't looking to leave the club at the time. It was just something they, you know, the new coach coming in wasn't interested in keeping me. And um, yeah, really sad to, to to not only leave the club but the town. We that was our first taste of living in the UK and. Uh, if it wasn't for them, we we wouldn't have fallen in love with this country, I guess. So, uh, yeah, we really enjoyed it. So, you touched on it there, albeit maybe the second to last hurdle that you've had, but it's still a successful year, mate. So, what memories stick out? And the one thing I ask people that have made them Challenge Cup finals and stuff is, 
as much as you you said it before, you tell the media, oh, I'm going to wear my jersey, knowing you've half got it. Can you get rid of them cliches in that week and go, it's not just a normal week, it's 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 the big deal? Because the Challenge Cup's got a lot of history, mate. And a lot yeah, of, I, I actually uh, missed that game. I don't know if you remember, but I missed that game. Right. Um, I was I was man of the match in the three Challenge Cup games leading up to that. Uh, yeah. I was in some decent form and I had done my ankle in Catalans about two weeks before. So I sat in the stands and watched the boys win that. Um, but as I said, that was a game they shouldn't have won. I think Saints were 10 or 12 points clear on the ladder. And, you know, we had Jack Hughes playing 5-8 and uh, a few boys out of position. But um, one of the best games of rugby I've ever watched and, and we should never have really won it, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you talked on an injury there. You've been unlucky with a few, but have your injuries been just like four to six weeks here or have you been unlucky with a couple of big ones? No, I've, I've had a couple of big ones, which were shoulders, but yeah. come at good times. Like, I think my my first year at Canberra, round 25, so that was my best year, my first year, and I'd I done my shoulder round 25, so I only missed a week and yeah. um, got it patched up in the in the off-season and was good to go. So they've only ever been sort of short ones. That was the toughest one to take. I missed I missed four weeks with or five weeks with the ankle, but obviously in the middle of that was a Challenge Cup final, so... Um, yeah, bittersweet. Obviously, um, you want to see your mates win, but you, you're pretty disappointed you're not out there as well. But um, to be honest, I handled it a lot better than what I thought I would. I thought I'd be, you know, sour grapes and you know, I wouldn't enjoy so it. So good. Yeah. But I, I've, I've got some great mates at that club and, and seeing them, you know, be successful on that day. And as I said, the match was... The match was one of the highest quality matches I've ever seen and and one of the best underdog sort of matches I've seen in a long time as well. So I couldn't help but be jumping around the stands and, and cheering the boys on. So do you still, do you know when for a game like that, mate, you know you're going to miss out, do you still pipe up and reviews and team meetings and still offer advice and stuff? Yeah, it's, yeah. yes and no. I think it depends on your standing in the team and, you know, being a half, you, you're well within your rights, I guess, to speak up. But, Truth be told, no one wants to hear from the guy that's that's not out there. Yeah. We, we, we had a little issue with that at Leeds this year. and um, Although the outcome divided opinions a little bit, everyone's sort of on... It's sort of an unwritten law in rugby league. If if you're not bleeding on the field, it's a bit hard to be saying too much. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm not one to talk too much if, if, if I'm not out on the field. No, that's fair enough, mate. So, again, any... Any other standout moments from your time at Waddington? And how was you've had a few difficult chats in your career from being pretty young as well, mate. And you've took them all on the chin and you've understood, like we said before, that it's more than just rugby, it's a business at that level. So yeah, you're used to them chats, but they're still difficult, boy, can't they? And, 100%, yeah. But I, I guess you, you're taught from a young age that you're only as good as your last game. So, um, what that means is when you do have them difficult chats, there'll, there'll be another game next week or next year and you'll you'll get to prove yourself again. And uh, truth be told, it's probably a little easier to, to to prove yourself when you're backed against the wall than what it is when, you, when you're already up on the mountain, I guess. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's the main thing that separates the, you know, the, the good players from the, the best players is the best players can handle, handle being at the top for longer and... Um, you know, although I haven't spent as long there as I, I, I wanted to sometimes, I'm, I'm, I'm still pleased with what I've, I've been able to achieve so far, for sure. Yeah. So, 
again, the feelers are out and, and lead step up. And was there any other interest, mate? Any interest from back home? Um, I, I there wasn't really back home. I, I didn't. I wasn't looking. I don't, I don't want to yeah. go back home. I when I come here, I told myself that I'd be coming here to finish. I think if you right. if you come in here with any desire to go back home, I think England will become a lonely place for you. Like if you're watching, if you're watching your phone waiting for your agent to call to tell you when when you can go back home, like it's you've come for the wrong reasons, and then when it gets tough, it's it's going to be too hard for you. So. Um, yeah, I've got no interest to, to go back, and um, I, I I met with I met with Hulk KR at the time. That was an option. Um, I was really impressed with Tony Smith and um, you know the what what he was selling about the club. Um, and Leeds probably come in a bit late. Um, my manager told me Catalan's come in two weeks after I I signed at Leeds, uh, but Leeds is a um, Leeds come in for me when I was coming to Warrington. Um, but obviously that, at that point, um, Gary Heverington v Simon, Simon Rands, it's a no contest fight, mate. It's won by yeah. knockouts. So, uh, <laughs> but when I when I was leaving Warrington, I wanted to make sure I was at another big club. And um, yeah. at that point, I was I was ready to um, move over the Pennines, as they say, and yeah. uh, jump in Yorkshire, yeah. But it helps all that it's a consistent interest as well, isn't it? So that's like three years later and they're still about offering. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. And then obviously, you know, I go there and you you want to get there and impress the South Stand. It's obviously a huge fan base and, you know, a rugby a rugby proud city. And um, you go on and lose your first fucking 10 matches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in my lounge room fucking nearly crying thinking, what, like, what? Yeah. What's going on? Everyone, yeah. everyone can see the squad we have here, and um, in the end, it was just sort of the harder we tried, the worse we got, and uh, we're in a pretty dark hole there for a little bit for sure. And um, life gets life gets pretty tough when you when you're in moments like that. That's uh, yeah. That's, I guess you see, especially being away from home, even though way like England's your new home now, but you see who your friends really are. I'm guessing, mate, when yeah. the tough gets going, don't you? And, do you know what it's it, yes and no like in 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 moments like that i i don't look for other people to help help me in those type of moments if that makes sense yeah you know what's required you know what needs doing like rugby's our job like everyone's job gets tough at certain times yeah sure you know other people's jobs aren't scrutinized in newspapers or forums or you know what I mean? But yeah. at the end of the day, like I don't really look for others to get me out of them them positions. I probably could, you know, lean on others more. That might be might be helpful. But um, it just becomes like my kids suffer, my wife suffers. You, you know, you're not responding at home. You you sat around and you you've got a thousand thoughts running through your head of how you're gonna help the team get out of this hole. And um, so it's not just you, but it's it's everyone around you that that sort of suffers as well. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, it could be a pretty dark place for sure. And what was the thought process initially behind a 12-month deal, Blake? Um, I wanted to really back myself. I'm at an age where um, I want to I want to make sure I'm really enjoying my rugby. Like, I don't want to be that guy that sticks around until he's 36 just to just for a pay packet. Like, if yeah. um, I'm not saying I'm near the end, but I'm closer to the end than what I am to start. So I want to... I want to keep myself feeling young and fresh and, and make sure I'm, I'm getting the same thrill out of the game as, as what I am. And I just thought signing them one-year deals would would allow me to do that. Um, 
so that was that was a, a main reasoning. Um, yeah, just back myself and, and and make sure I'm still in, enjoying the, the sport. When did you feel the tide turn for you boys up at Leeds? When did you feel something was changing? Well, the thing was, we knew it had to turn at some point. It couldn't like it couldn't continue going as bad as it was. Could it? I think we had Jonesy come in. Like, um, I'm really thankful for, for for Rich Agar, and you know he's the one that got me to the club. Um, I didn't have too many issues with Rich for whatever reason. The team wasn't working. Yeah. I think there was, um, I think there was some baggage from before I got there with with Rich and some of the boys, but um, I didn't have any any issues with him, and I, I was as confused as he was why why we weren't going so well. Um, especially on the back of last year, they you know they overperformed for for the squads they were putting out every week. They got two within one game of the final, and yeah. Um, yeah, so then then Jonesy come like it just got a bit much for Rich. He he was like us. He was sitting at home scratching his head and um, in a in a hole just like we all were. And he thought it was best to walk away. And then Jonesy had a crack. And I think Jonesy galvanised the group a little bit. Um, Jonesy done what Jonesy was good at, and that was bring the boys together. And um, I think we I think we'd call that a little successful stint we had with Jonesy. I think he put some things in place and. And he certainly um, certainly got us to start turning the corner. And then uh, probably some of the best business, um, you know, Gary's done in a while was was going and finding a bloke in in the Queensland Cup in, in Rowan because he's he's come along and um, you know I yeah it's only early and I guess it's a bit of a honeymoon phase. But I reckon if you know if I had a guy like Rowan earlier in my career, I think I think I'm a I'm a much more consistent player over a longer period and. Uh, I just really like the way he coaches. I think we we see, I see the game very similarly to to what he does. And um, you know, when you're stepping on the field, knowing that it's a it's a pretty comfortable place. Yeah, no, you could like don't get me wrong. I don't I don't watch this every week, but you could see there was a definite change. There was games there where I don't I don't want to dish you up, but you just might have folded a little bit. Yeah, you stuck in games and turned them your way rather than yeah. folded. Does that make sense, Blake? Like, like you, yeah, yeah, you're under sure. this, yeah, you're under the sticks, not panicking. Well, you're I think gathering. you watch us the first ten weeks, and no one would have described us as a resilient footy team, would they? And, no. Um, you know, by the back end, I think you know we got to the finals, and we were the team that no one wanted to play, and yeah. uh, we sort of proved why. Um, obviously, you know, going to Old Trafford's great, and and it was a great experience, even though we lost. But it's 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 pretty difficult to go there and and not win, but. You know, I think that game's far enough behind us now that we can look back and say it was a um, it was a pretty successful year in the end, and um, hopefully something we can build on on heading into next year. Yeah. So let's talk about that week. Like we did a little bit about the challenge cup. Only this time you're fitting, you're in the team, mate. So how was a week building up to a to a grand final, and how was it playing oh, at somewhere um, like Old Trafford? I've never played in a grand final in Australia, but. I grew up a pretty big fan, so I was an Eels fan. So I watched them go to two grand finals and the buzz around the town in Australia, it's huge. Like there's things on all week. And then yeah. we got to a grand final here and to be honest, it was a bit of a letdown. Like there's nothing on. You, it's it's like a normal week. You train three times. No one's at training. There's no fans. There's no media. There's I don't know. It just it didn't feel like a grand final week. And maybe that was good in itself because there wasn't any nerves, but it just – it didn't feel any different 
And if there's one thing I think the Super League can do a bit better, it's let's let's build it. Like the game's in, the game's at Old Trafford. Let's sell the game in Manchester all week. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like we we would get credit in that city just because our game is going to be at Old Trafford. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, the the week was really disappointing, if I'm honest. I think they they asked for a captain and a coach to come to a a press conference like a day or two before the match, but other than that, it was no different than than any, any other week. But once, like game day, and once you got to Old Trafford, and that brilliant, like awesome experience, yeah. but just just not much of a build up at all. Quite bizarre, yeah. Yeah, because the one thing when I went that that final in 2015, where you get for the start, you get free public transport. Secondly, you got a ticket to Randwick races a couple of oh, days. Oh yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, in, and in then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is like mad busy. They had they'd have fan they'd have fan events on all week in the city. All week, yeah, yeah. They'd be all the players from all the teams that have already been knocked out. They'd be all there doing coaching clinics and yeah. Just, there was nothing. I just found it bizarre. I was I don't know. I just think yeah, I think maybe that's where the difference is. And when people complain about currently the World Cup numbers like New Zealand last night were at Wellington and it was a quarter yeah. four or whatever. They're putting it on at half seven on a Sunday night. We should we should take over that. We should take over Manchester for five days. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be nothing but rugby leagues, wouldn't it? Not, not. We'll take a bus down on game day, play our match, and we'll all head back to where we're from. Like, let's yeah. let's take over the town. I don't know. Yeah, because really, your hard work's done, Blake, innit? Like, you might do a captain's run at, like, oh, United we, training ground or whatever, yeah. but your hard work's done. We we the hard work was done for us eight or nine weeks before the grand final. Yeah, like yeah. one thing, one thing with Rowan was like you know the the fixtures were as I said thick and fast, and we had two or three days to recover, and then you're you're playing again. So that was one thing he taught us that we, there's not actually much learning to be had on the training paddock. So don't stress yourself about that. Let's just get our bodies right and let's go again the following week. So uh, yeah, there's not much work to be done, especially not. It's too late by that point. You've you've been playing for 26 weeks, so. That's it. You're not going to get something right there. Yeah. yeah. So, the day of then, mate, and you, you stayed your walk around because the, the the ground in Australia that you see on the telly aren't necessarily round one to 26 stadiums, are they? No, so, different. Yeah. yeah. So, how, how do you find the bigger ground compared to your old traditional grounds? Do you prefer the newer, bigger ones? Or? Oh, if, if you can get a good crowd in them, you, you, take, yeah. you take the bigger one every day of the week. And, you know, I think... The, the moment I knew we were going to a Super League grand final, the biggest, my, my mind went straight to like, I could just picture both teams walking out in their jackets. They do the slow walk, flames go up. Like it, it is, what, the actual game is, is special. It, it really is. And Theatre of Dreams, I think they call it, don't they? And yeah. That's, that's what it is. Like, um, so I can't fault once we're there. It's just the, the build-up wasn't very, very yeah, fun. A bit yeah. disappointing, like you said. So if if you could write a script for next year, mate, how would it go? For us? Yeah. Um I I'm, I'm personally sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think um I for me the you know, I wanted the season to keep going. I was I, I sort of finally found the rhythm that I was hoping to early on. And I think if I if I could have found that rhythm earlier, you know, I think my my personal season, although I was I was happy with the way it ended, I think you know, if I can find that form a bit quicker next year, I think I'm in a rhythm and I'm I'm off and running quite quick. I think when I look back at my best years, it's 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 based off a good solid four or five weeks of just good, tough, hard footy. And then you yeah. 
then you 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 know your flashy stuff comes off the back of that. So um, I wanted the comp to go for another six weeks. I was sort of we had a bit of a rebirth, as you said, since Rowan come in, and um, I missed a couple of games there, but. Um, yeah, I was ready to keep cracking on and, and, and the grand final probably come a bit quick for me in the end. But um, yeah, was was happy with how I finished and I just want to start the way I finish next year and then then I think the sky's the limit. We can we can go anywhere. I think, you know, some teams have bought well for next year, so it'll take some time to get a feel on the comp, but we know the formula now. There's no reason why, you know, the way we played this year can't can't be successful next year and um I guess it's just going to be another year of everyone chasing St Helens again, isn't it? Further there about, mate, isn't it? If you if you stagnate, you get left behind, or you wipe. So everyone's got to even Saints to that degree, mate. They've got to improve. Otherwise, use catch them, Wigan catch them. Just get some early points. I think if you can yeah. get early points, like every lot, like we we were spoken pretty heavily about in the preseason last year, and then when you lose four or five matches, you know pressure mounts. Yeah. So if we can just if we can just get on the board early and, and accumulate a few wins, it can go a long way in the season. Yeah, it's a habit made both sides of the, the result, isn't it? Yeah, a losing's a habit, winning's a habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we overlooked your international rep stuff, mate, and we a little bit then. So how did playing for England come about? Who reached out to who? And how did you think of the nines and the, the, the World Cup and stuff? How did you find all that? Um, yeah, I thought it was a good concept, the Nines. I went to the Nines a little bit underdone. I, yeah. I was coming off a knee injury. Um, but I didn't want to pull out of the Nines because I didn't want to hurt my chances of going on the GB tour the week later. So yeah. um, I put my was hand that up. a discussion, sorry? So did they say, we'll use this as a bit of a, a fitness? No, no, no. So there wasn't much There wasn't much talk. I was in the squad and I'd been training to, to continue on, but there wasn't really any talk about who... Because some players went just for the nines and then came home. Some went for the nines and the GB tour. And some went just for the GB tour. So it was all pretty secretive right up until like a few days before we were leaving. But um, I wasn't going to play in the nines. And then someone pulled out and Kev Simfield said, do you want to go? And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll go. And even up until that point, I didn't know whether I was on the Great Britain tour after it because we all stayed on after. But um so yeah, it was very really last minute, mate. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Right. Um, but really proud. Like it's, I got to, I got to look at my nan and say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm on this field because of you. And you know, she's someone that, that done, done a hell of a lot um, for me. And uh, look, I, I, I fully understand that. Yeah, maybe it meant a little bit more to a kid that's lived here his whole life, and I understand that. Um, but I was certainly really proud and I, I had my reasons to be really proud and um, I'll, I'll, I'll never apologise for that, for sure. Yeah. And no matter what level you're playing at, mate, you don't put a jersey on to get beat, do you? No, not at all. Like, it's, you know, and then as it panned out, like, I, I played, um, I think we cut out because it's an hour, is it? Uh, no, we're good to go, mate, if, you, if you're good to go. Let's see. Mine's gone. I can't see you anymore. Right, I can see. Are you back on that or? I can see me, but not you. If you can see me, I can. Yeah, it's not a bad thing you can't see me, to be fair. Okay, right? cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because did he, you played wing one day, didn't you? What's that? You played on the wing one game as well, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And, you know, obviously, that's all anyone wants to speak about. Everyone's got their opinions on that. and. Oh, I didn't get at it for that, mate. Sorry, I'm just... 
it was just the way you were you were highly utilized. No, no, yeah, no, I was just but not from what you're I was just saying that yeah. like people speak like it was my fault I was on the wing. Like I got asked to play on the wing. I think by that stage of the tour, it was out of me and Lachlan Coot. Um, you know, Cootie's played a bit of fullback, so he'd be better under the high ball, but you know, wingers' jobs these days are to come in and have 20 carries and run into the meat of their pack. So yeah. Um, I was pretty confident that I was going to be better suited for that. Um, I just don't like, like people, people speak about it like it was my fault. Like, you know, if I had been given a chance in the halves, maybe I played different and play better. And, you know, everyone's, everyone's happy for me to be a, a GB international then. But um, look, I'll, I'll finish my career with, with two great Britain caps. And that's something I'll be, I'll be proud of. And, um, that jersey will hang with pride in, in my pool room for, for many years to come. I'm really if that, if that girl lets you have it back, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's brilliant, that, man. That's tickled me that. Right, mate. So I appreciate I took a lot of your time up. So a couple of daft questions for you. No worries. So any pre-match superstitions? Um, I've had heaps in the past. I've got less now. Um, some of mine at Canberra I used to I used to have a banana sandwich an hour and 20 minutes before the match. Um, so I used to have my my team manager run around looking for two slices of bread for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I put wax in my hair a couple of, like, 40 minutes before we run out, things like that. Uh, yeah. Chewing gum. Uh, I used to, at Canberra, I used to run out for warm-up, and I really don't like warm-up. So about five minutes later, I used to run in and go to to the toilet and take as long as I could to come back and miss as much as a warm up as I can. But I used good to rugby run... now, start mate. Good rugby brand. I used to run back <laughs> in at the same time every every week. And Ricky used to <laughs> Ricky used to lose his head. He'd be like, "What the fuck is this bloke doing? Get him out!" <laughs> um, Just reserving energy, being uh, clever, mate. Yeah, that's right. I like I do this thing where I look at myself in the mirror before um, before kickoff. So I'm sort of that far in the zone. I don't really care, but you. You see your teammates out of the corner of their eye walk past looking at you weird for, for staring at yourself in the mirror. But um, I don't have as many anymore. I'm getting older. Um, so it's less about luck and a bit more about preparation now. Yeah. So toughest player you played with and against? Uh, the definition of tough is very different like, for everyone, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to say Josh Papali for both. Um, yeah. I've, 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 had to, I've had to defend against him and I've, I've played with him, so... Uh, he's a guy that uh, when he's on your team, like he, you watch him train every week and he's not the hardest trainer. He'll always, he'll always keep going, but he's, he's, he's always closer to the back than the front. But yeah, you put him on the pitch and he'll, you know, he'll have, he'll have 25 carries and 45 tackles and he won't stop for 80 minutes. So um, yeah, he'd be mine for sure. Yeah. I can imagine that doesn't matter to me on the, on the training days when he's producing what he produces. I played with um, Nigel Plum at Panthers too. He was a tough bugger. He was held together yeah. with uh, strap and tape and um, could could pull a shot off. But Yeah, he's got a few reels, hasn't he? Yeah. Right, mate. So your favourite away ground? I'm going to say Hull FC. I've scored a few tries on that ground. Um, yeah. I seem to score a few every time I go there, so I like that one. And it's a nice surface as well. Yeah. So if you were out for a few beers with the boys, mate, or you and the missus are out and you've had a few and you find a mic end up in your hand, what are you giving us? Uh, I'm going wagon wheel, Darius Rucker. I um, can't say no way, but I'll just I'll take your word for it, mate. You have to have a look. You have to have a look. Yeah. 
right, I understand if you don't want to, if you're still playing and the amount of players you've been around. But if you be able to name a 1-13 to 13 that you've played with, that'd be great. If not, I understand, mate. Lead with. Um, some, I can mention some of the players I've played with. They'd be in there. Yeah. So at Panthers, my debut game, I had Petro Sivanasiva. So he'd be, he'd be a prop. Yeah. Um, Luke Lewis was always a hero of mine because he's, he's from, uh, from where I'm from and I always looked up to him. I got to debut alongside him. Trent Waterhouse was there then as well. Um, then Papa at Canberra. Jordan Rapana, a winger. Yeah. Um, Jared Croker, the centre. Mr. Reliable. Yeah. Um, at the Tigers, Robbie Farrow, hooker. Yeah. Um, Pat Richards, another winger. Another good one. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've got to play for a, a lot of good ones. Uh, Warrington, you know, had some good ones as well. Now at Leeds. Ryan Atkins at Warrington. Just yeah. uh, so a few. Benny Westwood. I've got to get Benny Westwood in there. Super Benny. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I've, I've, I've had the pleasure to, to play with a lot of uh, quality players. You've been listening to Trot the Eggin. Thanks to our sponsors by Adele Sports. Follow us on Twitter at Trot the Eggin and Instagram at Trot underscore the underscore egg underscore in.